this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Okay, good evening, family. I'm going to pray us in. Father God, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. We call on you at this present time where one or more has gathered just for your protection and fortification of our union tonight. We thank you for the blessings of, of this morning of our day, Father God, for keeping us through our trials and tribulations that may have been thrust upon us unintentionally or intentionally or deliberate, I should say. But we thank you, Father God, for, for your guidance and for your perseverance of getting us through that. Father God, we pray tonight that you have your way in our teaching, that we are more like you and less like ourselves in understanding how we see and how we behave. We thank you, Father God, in so many ways, and we just say that you continue to have your way in our life and in this presence of our Bible study tonight, and we forever give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank God because he's so great. Amen. I thank God because he's so gracious and he's just so loving in so many ways. And so as we begin to look at the story of Lazarus, the Lord literally wanted me to speak from a different uh, standpoint. And the standpoint is exactly where we've been walking. John 11. John 11, exactly where we've been walking and having conversations around. And as I began to look at Lazarus, the Holy Spirit pointed out to me that all of us go through situations. And in this particular situation, Lazarus dies. And the people had the understanding that anybody that was uh, walking alongside of Jesus there was a different type of response or result that took place for those who followed after him. Their issues were resolved. Their issues were well taken care of. And he was the, you know, the son that came to redeem and to save all. And so all of a sudden, someone that's in Jesus' group passes. And this individual that passes, he's a close friend of Jesus. No one is his close friend to die, right? And as we look back and we examine some of the things that has transpired here, you know, I look back when I first met, you know, when I first met Bianca, I would have never expected in my lifetime that I would lose a good friend. When I looked at Everett, I would never have expected Everett to go. And then when I stop and I look at, gosh, can't even think of her name, but my mind escapes her name, Sonia, sorry. I never would have expected her to leave either. 
but I've seen their struggles. And as I've seen their struggles, their struggles were with life. And I guess in my heart of hearts, I expected God to fix their lives and just make everything perfect. And that's not the case. And so the Lord was showing me Lazarus as an example. You would have expected Jesus to save Lazarus, right? His sisters did. His sisters were under the understanding that Lazarus and them were all protected. That they didn't have to go through anything. And so a lot of times we look at situations in our lives when we look at it from the standpoint like we are saved and we don't have to go through anything. But even to grow Mary and Martha's faith, they had to go through some things. And so the Lord is literally speaking to all of us in order to grow you to another level and to get you to where he desires for you to walk, you have to experience life. And life consists of hardship, pain, sorrow, and a host of other things. And we all have to be in that position to be okay with it. We have to get out of this particular place thinking that we're going to have the house with the picket fence around it and everything is going to be grand as we expect. But literally everything is not as grand as you expect it to be because that's not the way God operates. It's about his will. It's about what he desires. And and when it comes to what he desires, it, it, it even comes to what we're willing to walk through in order to gain more. What we're willing to walk through in order to see things from his perspective. You know, as I was looking at this message, if you go back to all the other Gospels, the raising of Lazarus was only mentioned one time. You would think it would be mentioned in all the other scriptures, but it's only mentioned in this particular scripture, which is in John. And John is giving an account of everything that is spiritual that is going on from the means of the spirit. He's giving you a spiritual view of how things operate. But he's also making it a point to point out in this particular passage that this is someone who was so close and God was so intimate with, but yet he still had to suffer. And so what the Lord wanted to make sure that I pointed out to each of you because some of you are still looking at your life and not in agreement with some of the things that it's transpiring or has transpired. It doesn't make God different from who he is because you're going through something and sometimes it's not because you decided to entangle yourself in it. It is because of God's glory and God's way of getting you to see that he is faithful to you despite where you're at. Let's 
And he said, do not you see what I'm saying? Did you not understand the things that has, in some manner, has caused you to question who you are? He said, doesn't mean that you're less of a person, and it doesn't mean that I'm not with you, and it doesn't mean that everything's going to be fixed and resolved. It's letting you know that you're still human. He said, have you not said I'm not a part of this world? From a spiritual perspective, you have detached yourself from the world. But from a natural perspective, there are things still going on that's going to affect you. And he says, and you have to be okay with the cause and effect of this world. And he says, and that doesn't mean that you have to be in agreement with the things that affect you. You just need to understand how not to be moved by it. And he said, my ultimate goal is to get you to a place where you're unmovable and unshakable. He says, I want you to stop to look at the storm that the disciples had to go through. And he said, and him coming, walking on the water, allowed him to see what was in them. He said, it clearly showed that they were afraid of the image that was coming towards them. And he says that in that place, I showed them something greater. By, by asking my son to come forward. And as long as my son had his eyes on me, no matter what image that was before him, it couldn't consume him. And so what I'm literally saying to you, no matter what is in front of you, as long as you're keeping your eyes centered on me, nothing can destroy you. Your hope is in me. Not in the things that are going on around you. He said, your faith is in me. And I need you to trust me in your storms. I need you to trust me when the storm rises and you cannot find He says, I need you to trust me and know that I am Alpha and Omega. That means I existed in the beginning and I am 
here in the end. And so that means in the beginning of your situation, as well as the end of your situation, I will see you through. And he says, and I want you to pull away from that helpless state of rest. Oh, my God. Did you hear what he said? That helpless state of rest. We rest in a place where we're helpless. And that state of rest is the Lord is literally saying, I need you to pull away from there. I need you to know that that is not a place of comfort. Your comfort is in me. Your rest is in me. Your freedom is in me. And then he says, when you begin to rekindle the story of Lazarus, he says, I needed them to know that Lazarus was dead. That everything concerning Lazarus was dead. He said that there was no way for anyone to come and restore Lazarus. He says, I need you to see the same thing when it comes to situations that grip you. Meaning they can't mount over you, they are dead. They can't uh, destroy you because they're dead. And if you really begin to see, it's dead. And so, therefore, I have the ability to move when nobody else can. I have the ability to change things when nobody else can. He said, but, but I want you to release the power in the hole you have on these things. So that I can move through you and bring you to that end state. Guys got that right? Because it's not dead when you're giving it power. It's not dead when you're giving it life. It's not dead when you are in that place, still in there, pushing it to be as such. It's like you're you're giving power to something that does not have life. You're causing something to absorb the energy that you can use elsewhere. He speaks of the world and how the world takes on energy 
And so even in that place, the Lord is literally saying to you, is to release the energy that you have given these things and really fall into alignment with him and no longer be in that place where these things are captivating you and taking your source of life. So I'm slowing down so that you see and you understand what he's saying. I'm slowing down so that you can hear because he's literally saying in these places where we've been walking, we've been releasing power and giving it authority to really have his way in us. And he's literally saying in the situation with Lazarus, he's telling you that he made sure that he pronounced Lazarus as being dead. And in him pronouncing Lazarus as being dead, he's literally saying from this particular point that there was nothing Mary, Martha, or anyone around them could do to change the situation. And because they could not change the situation, they can only agree with what transpired. Yeah, we know he's dead. Yeah, we know he's dead. Oh my God, I just got that. They could only agree with what transpired. He was dead. They were in agreement with the death. So they recognized that there was no power in them to raise it back up. And so when they seen that it was dead, they had to come in agreement with it. But we nurse dead things. We nurse dead things and we give it power to mount up. We give it power to have its way with us. And the Holy Spirit is literally saying, that cannot be anymore. He said, there's power in your words. It's power in you. And when you release that power, you release it in the wrong manner. Oh, my God. And I didn't know why. So we were in a meeting. I was in a meeting this week, which was a big meeting that we had people from out of town come into the office. And I was required to present. But I know what I was presenting was not good numbers. They were bad numbers because we didn't meet any of our numbers but one this year. And it was so bad that I then began to cry out to the Lord and ask the Lord for a way to present the numbers. And so I began to tell my peers, I said, these are things that 
were adding to our slide, but we didn't do it. Because what was done was done because we were in a devastated place that we had missed our goals. And so senior leadership had to come together and force us to work together so that we can accomplish something. And so the things that we end up accomplishing, I added it to my slide. And the gentleman who I asked to do the, uh, the readout with me, he like, I ain't reading out that. <laughs> I ain't reading out that. We're going to get in trouble if we do that. I said, we're going to read that out. And he said, why are we going to read that? I said, we're going to read that out because this person and this person told me to read it out. He said, but we're lying. I said, we're going to read that out. How this was accomplished, it was accomplished. Whether we did it or we collectively got forced to do this, but this still came a part of our pillar, we're going to read it out. He said, then I'm not doing that, you doing it. I said, okay, we'll figure it out. So then I came up with a suggestion by the Spirit. The Lord said, focus on FY20. When we won and we got the championship, we lost this year. And we're in last place out of the five weeks, five locations. And so we got the championship, and he says, I want you to do this. He says, I want you to pull FY20 championship. I want you to get an email, and I want you to take that email, print it out. Listen to what I'm saying. Take the email, print it out. And and then when I printed it out, it came out in black and white, and I and then I was like, oh dang, I should have put it all in color. And so I only had one in color. So as I'm sitting in the meeting, I'm still trying to figure out what I do. And so I literally say, Holy Spirit, I need your help how to do this. He told me to take the black and white copies because I had four. He said, fold them in half, and then fold them one more time. And I put fold them up, and they were little, little small. And then he said, take the one that is colored, give it to the person, and tell her at the end of what you say. You say, let's put color in it. So I get up to speak. Holy Spirit is so awesome. And it's my time to speak. And I say, I want you guys to focus in on all the things that we missed. But as you focus in on what we missed, I want those who I gave you a piece of paper to begin to remember what we've done in the past. I said, we were in worse state when we won this. So I want you to recall what we did in the past. Open up the pieces of paper that I gave you. So they open up the pieces of paper and they say, oh, my God, FY20. And I said, we won. Do you remember? How did you feel when we remember? How did you feel? And they were like, oh, my God, you were watched. And I said, that's what I want you to take away of our readout. When I finished, they said, oh, my God, she's a motivational speaker. We all pumped up and we're motivated. They said something about every time Kathy speaks to us, she motivates us. Mm -hmm. 
We need her to go forward. I sat back down and I said something else later, the next day in the meeting, and everyone in the room began to focus on me. I said, oh my God, there's power in my words. And the power that's in my words, I must recognize I have it. And the Holy Spirit begins to focus in on, have me to focus in on the power of my words. He's like, look at him. I had everyone's attention. And it kind of freaked me out because I began to back up. And the Lord literally was saying to me, when you do it my way, don't look at the results. When I walked back to my seat and I sat down, everybody was like, oh, my God. And they literally said that. They said, you always have a way of bringing us into your vision. Not my vision is God. But in that place, they begin to dream. And so the Lord was literally saying to me, I want you to now look at Lazarus. And what I did with Mary and Martha, I got them to look beyond the depth of the situation, the dead situation, and to bring life into dead situation. And that's what I'm asking for you to do as well, to look beyond your dead situation and bring life into these particular areas of your life that will cause them to become greater than what they are. But as long as you're giving it power, then it's going to continue to manifest in you. But if you continue to pull away from it, and then you begin to give power to the things in which I need you to give power to, then you will find the changes in your life coming forward. She said, hear me. I don't have a long message, but I need you guys to hear this. Because we give so much power to dead things. And these dead things continue to rise up against us because we have given power to it. A broken marriage, you give power to it. A broken relationship, a death, you give power to these things. And these things begin to eat us up and take away our authority. Which leaves us lifeless when we have the living God on the inside of us. Do you not see? Do you not hear? And if you hear me, what are you going to do different in your situation? She said, in your situations, yes, it's important that you cry out, but cry out in victory. Cry out in authority. 
cry out with wisdom. And he says, and cease from your words that causes destruction. You must cease from the place that destruction continue to have its way from me, with you. And he said, you must, you must, you must begin to speak differently in your situation. You must begin to see things in according to how I see them and no longer see them in accordance to how the world sees things. He said, Lazarus was pronounced dead. And it was for their sake. And now I'm asking you to pronounce these things that continue to rise against you dead for your sake. And as you pronounce them dead, say, I'm taking back my power. I'm taking back my power, and I'm going to use them for the kingdom, and I'm going to advance the kingdom with the power that resides on the inside of me. He said, hear me, hear me, hear me. So Jesus comes to Mary and he comes to Martha. And as he comes to Mary and as he comes to Martha, he's literally saying, he's literally saying, I'm sorry, some things are going on with this gentleman here, you guys. He's literally saying to Mary and Martha, Lazarus not dead. And in that place, he's trying to tell them that he has the power to change everything. And God is literally telling you that he has the power to change. And he says, not only he has the power to change, but that power has been given to you to change your circumstance. And the only way you're going to change your circumstances, you've got to stop giving it the power that you have been given it. Holy Spirit said, it's not going to change your way. It's going to change my way. When you begin to use your authority, it's going to change. When you begin to speak according to what I call for, things will change. He said, but when you begin to use your power in a negative way, the enemy loves us joining in with him. He just showed me like somebody just joined in and said, no, I'm on your side. Like I'm not on Jesus' side, I'm on your side. And 
but he said, you must get that. So, Precious, you want to read this? <laughs> Hopefully you guys got this. Precious, you want to read this? Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Oh, we can hear you. Okay, no, sorry. I was just saying so much to process. This is so powerful. Um, so we're going to be in John 11. I'm reading from the NIV. Um, now, a but man- we're only going to go where go Jesus, he, we're not going to, we're just, Jesus pronounces Lazarus dead. We don't need to go past that. We don't need to go to where he has a conversation with Martha and everybody. Just to the end of Jesus is dead. I mean, Lazarus is dead. Um, okay, you just tell me when to stop. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary or Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Keep going. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus shows in this particular situation, he faces opposition. Uh, these people are looking to stone him, but he's not concerned with them stoning them because he has authority over the situation. Hopefully you guys just got that. So he's going to go back to a place, a city, that is seeking to stone him because he has power over the situation. And he's not giving that situation power. Hopefully you guys get this. Yes. Uh, because he's not giving that situation power, he knows how to operate under harsh circumstances. He, he recognizes, yes. Yes, in difficult situations. Because he knows his authority. In our situation, we don't know how to operate under difficult situations. We don't know how to move because we don't understand our own authority. I'm sorry, you guys, I'm being passionate. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not fussing at you. It's just when I'm passionate about something he gives me. <laughs> and so in that I'm in that the Holy Spirit is trying to get every single one of us to understand what he's saying to you. 
And, and look what the disciples say. They're, they were going to kill you. They're going to kill you. This is not the only situation that Jesus understood his authority and he literally just walked straight through them because he mm -hmm. understood the power of his authority. Amen. And the Lord is trying to get you to understand the power of your authority. Your power of authority allows you to walk with the Lord. The power of the authority, and when I say walk through doors, doors that are locked. Thank you, Father. But you can't get to there when you're giving the situation the authority is not God. He gave you the power to use it for the good of the kingdom. And to get through circumstances such as what you're walking through. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Trust what I'm saying. Relinquish your fear. Lay aside your unbelief and run with me. He said, not only run with me, run alongside of me. And as he said, run alongside of me, the Lord reminds me of when he had the Ethiopian guy run alongside the carriage to deliver the word of God, to bring the man out of the circumstances in which he was resting in into a better state of being. Will you see? Will you open your eyes and understand where I'm calling you into? Do not delay my calling. The anointing is all over this word, you guys. I hope you guys hear. Do not doubt me. For I am with you, I am with you, I am with you, I am with you. Do not delay. Do not delay. For I am with you. And he just literally says, stand firm in me. 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 So we can see in scripture, he tells them that Lazarus did. He tells, they tell him that he can't go back. What else, precious? Well, that's the very thing is he recognized that he has all power and authority. Again, they don't recognize that they even have any authority, let alone power. And what's operating in them at this time is fear. So they're trying to persuade him by the fear that they have going on 
rampant on the inside based on past experiences to not go back to such a place. But he's like, I'm going to go wherever my father sends me to go because I have all power and authority. So the Lord is. But then even... think about how the enemy tells you not to go back. Oh, exactly. don't go to that job. Don't go to this situation. Don't do that. Don't deal with that person because all these things are here. He's literally giving you reasons to relinquish your power. Mm -hmm. And the sad part about it is we have bought into it. Mm -hmm. Can we read a little bit further? Um, verse eight, but rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you are going back. Jesus answered, and yet you are going back. And what did he say? Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by this world's light. It is a person who walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Ugh. So he's saying they're using the earthly light to, 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 to govern them, but you have my light that governs you. So yeah. you can walk in the day, you can walk in the night, you can walk through your situation, you can walk through it, you can walk through it, better yet, you can run. Because there's nothing holding you back. So you're not governed by this world standard. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and he says, walk with me, run with me. Embrace the calling upon your life. And he says, and fear not, for I am with thee. Want to go further? Um, one sec. <laughs> so I feel like the Lord is even showing more in verse 10, where he's talking about where it says, it is when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. The Lord was just elaborating to me that Nighttime represents just those dark places, those dark areas. But if we have our lamp, our lantern or light or whatever we want to call it, there is no dark places. Our light will continuously burn no matter what. And like Pastor said, we can run, we can jump, we can leap, we can do whatever with our light. Um, so I just got a little bit more. Verse... 
11. After he had said that he would tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Stop for a moment because I think there's something else in here. Because it is important that we see the authority of God. Jesus had the ability to go back and just speak the healing and Lazarus would have came out of the place in which he was. But Jesus wanted them to see that it was important that they did not fear the man that was speaking against him. Hopefully you got that. The men that were speaking against him, they are there to kill you. He was literally saying, in, in a sense, to make sure they understand they didn't need to fear man. Yes. Hopefully you guys got that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for them to fear man. So Jesus went through the difficult place to show them the authority that they had. He said, you must see what you all have been given. He said, you must see what I have gifted each one of you with. Power. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I got even more. If you allow the fear of those men to dictate to you, then again, you give up your authority for those men. And now you're being subjected to what they're following, which is the enemy. <laughs> and now you're following after them and they've already partnered with the enemy. But God, again, wants us to partner with him and not give up our authority for anybody. Wow, Lord. There's something else that we missed. Because the more I keep looking at that, Jesus is literally saying he still had work to do. And, and, and nothing going to stop for him from doing the work of God. And, and, and that's what we have to use that same authority, mm. line authority. Nothing stop me from using doing the work of God. There's nothing that's going to hinder me from what I am called to do by my father. <laughs> the problem is we allow things to get in our way and to stop and it's always these dead things that we give power to. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Keep going. 
<laughs> After he had said this, this is verse 11. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Oh my God. 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 When you understand the power, nothing can shorten your time. Because, because you're walking in the light of God. And when you're in the light of God, nothing can shorten your time. And this situation, he's raising Lazarus back up because there's still work that Lazarus has to do. So he's trying to show us that when we are in him, nothing can Thank shorten you. our time. Hallelujah. 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 Death has no hold on us. Exactly. But it only has a hold when you give it power. But he's telling you the power that you're releasing to it, you're releasing to death. He said, when a man says, that's going to kill me, he's releasing power to that thing to kill him. Mm. When the man says, it's going to take my life, he's giving it power over him. Mm. And because he's so infused with my power, mm. what he You must see, you must hear, you must see, you must hear, you must walk in what I have given you. Mm. I'm just looking at the same scripture that you read one more time to see if I missed anything he said. Because when we're about the kingdom and we understand the work that we have to do, nothing can stop us from the call that we have. So, and the 12 hours was just figuratively speaking of mm -hmm. the allotment that God has given us. Mm -hmm. You have allotment. Mm -hmm. 
issue. If you don't look at it from that point, I have a destiny. I have a time that I'm destined to be before the Father. And as long as I am here to do the works of God and I am effective in what I am doing, nothing can stop my time nor shorten the time that I'm called to do something. Unless I release power to the things that continues to wreak habit in my life. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is literally trying to make sure that we understand that we have enough time to do everything that he has called us to do. Thank you, Jesus. And so we cannot be delayed by these things. And the Holy Spirit just says, watch your words, watch your words, watch your words. And and when we have time, we can't waste our time on this stuff. We can't be wasting our time on this stuff, this dead stuff. God is looking for us to finish the day's work. He's looking for us to complete the things that he has called us to do. But the only way we can complete the things that he has called us to do, we have to stop giving power to things that are not working. Holy Spirit just reminds me of me not even being engaged or involved in my day. I can find myself sitting there trying to figure out what I can do for the day, but the sun doesn't set. And I'm still in that place thinking about what I can do. And many of us are in that place because we no longer recognize we have power. And so the sun sets before we can do anything in a given day. And so the Lord is really showing you, even in that setting, that you've got to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. 
He said, you must see, you must see, you must understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so there's 12 hours in a day, right? Mm -hmm. right? So isn't it important that we get the things that God has destined for us to do done? And stop wasting time? And many of us have literally said over and over to our Lord, Lord, don't let me leave here without finishing the work that you have called me to do. And the Lord is literally looking for us to finish the work. Ashley, you want to read more? I do, but I feel like there's something still in verse 11. I don't know if you see anything, but I feel like there's some more in verse 11, but um, uh, read more. Read it to me again. Um, after he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm thinking of sleep because I think about Jairus' uh, daughter when she fell asleep because they're looking at it from the same uh, perspective. Like, he sleeps. He sleeps, so they're trying to use something that he has done in the past to deliver somebody, and so they're basically saying that he is asleep. Hold on, hold on.
and said, what is it that you're showing us here? Or the woman has stopped here at this particular place, and she has literally said that there's more, Lord. What is it that I'm not hearing or seeing in your word? He said, what I need you to see in this particular situation is what I call dead is dead. And from the standpoint of what you call dead is not dead. Mm He said, because you consistently give life to things that have no power. The measurement of death and life is about power. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Say that louder so they could hear it. My question was, the measurement of life and death is about power. Mm. We don't, we don't um, make it dead if we keep talking about it and keep bringing it up and keep saying it because that's what we need to Which is correct. But the thing about the disciples is they're still, they're still stuck in past events. I mean, they, just a few verses prior to that, in eight, they're fearful of Jesus going back. To a physical Hold on. because you said it you said a key word. Yeah. When you said they're still stuck on past events. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of the word you said, past events. We are stuck on past events. And these mm-hmm. events in some cases has caused devastation in us. when they are just past events. I'm using you. I have to use you. You continue to say, I didn't graduate, I didn't graduate, I didn't graduate, I didn't graduate. But look how much you accomplish. Amen. But you keep going back to what you didn't do. And because what you didn't do, you feel that the outcome would have been better if you had a did this. The Lord literally said because you're on his path, the outcome would not have been different. Because everything was set up with his intention of you following him. Mm. 
and all of that is a testimony to him because because you're following him. And so it is a testimony of what God can do when you follow him. Exactly. Say that louder. Mm-hmm. Imagine di- graduating, you might have been asleep. <laughs> oh, gosh. I missed him. Uh huh. Meaning you would not be awakened by the Spirit at this time. Mm hmm. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully, you guys get me. That's why I was pulling out, not from before, but now. That's what you're saying. We have to forget about the past, forget about all of that, because his intentions were where we're at now. What he's literally saying to you is the things that are negative, mm-hmm. you need to release them. You need to stop giving them power. You need to let them go. You need to stop revisiting these areas and allowing them to have power over you. He gives you the perfect example of him going back into a place where they fought to kill him and in each time, he had power over the situation. Even to the point that they came close to throw him off a cliff, and he walked straight through it. He walked through it. And the reason why he walked through it, because he knew that it wasn't finished. Mm. The only outcome Jesus ever knew, only expected, only was going to receive was life. He's saying that for us. It's like our only outcome is life. He is life. He's the tree of life. He gives life. He came to give us life, life more abundantly. So our only outcome we follow Christ Jesus is life. Mm-hmm. And everything that's dead, leave it alone. Leave it buried. Exactly. It's gone. And you stay away. go back and change. Which is correct. You can't go back and change it. Stop trying to give something power that you can't change. By giving something power, we stay asleep. And Christ is looking for us to stay awake. Period. Which is correct. So every time we give these dead things power, every time we try to resurrect them in our own power, we're actually asleep. He wants us to stay awake. Hence him saying, I've given you the light. And so that means also that you can't go back and begin to diminish what he's done in you. You can't turn around and say, I'm not this. This is not who I am. You're diminishing it. So you're taking away the power of what God has called forth. And so that's why he says in his word to us, you are victorious. You are more than a conqueror because you have the ability to conquer 
these things that have sought to conquer you. So he's saying you're more than a conqueror. Not just somebody that conquers things, you're more. Meaning I'm much greater than somebody just goes about conquering everything. He said to me, this is the word of your Lord. I know I couldn't go far, but he just needed me to point out the most important thing. He went back and he faced it. Mm -hmm. And in that, Mary and Martha came to another state of understanding who they were and who he was. Mm -hmm. And everybody watching. But imagine Mm -hmm. if we probably could see what happened to Lazarus. Mm -hmm. He was never the same. And when you walk in the light of God, you'll never be the same. Hallelujah. He embodied life. Lazarus embodied life. That's what the Holy Spirit just said to me. And that's what we need to embody life. The life of God. He says, hear the words that I have spoken to each of you. So now we got to stop giving it power. Mm -hmm. And take your authority back. I'm asking one additional question. Lord, how do I close from such a great message? <laughs> 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 Wow, there was something else I just picked up. And so Lazarus is raised back to life. But scripture says when they went in to talk to get Mary and Martha, you had a bunch of people that was grieving, even the people they hired that was called grievers. But in this particular situation, if you really look at it, 
where the grief was turned into joy. So the grievous things became something that was joyous to the people. Hopefully you guys got that. Mm. So they were no longer centered around the grief. They began to be centered around life. And so we cannot be centered around grief. We have to be in a place where we're centered around life. We no longer, as he just literally said, so you have to take off the grave clothing and walk in the newness of life. And so we've been centered around death because we've been focused on dead things. And God wants the grave clothing taken off. Wow. Thank you for the exchange. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so we must understand that the Lord will allow us to walk in deep forms of darkness in order to strengthen our faith, in order for us to prevail in the things in which he is calling forth. And so darkness represents dead circumstance, dead situation. And so many of us are called to walk through these areas of darkness. But God is literally making sure that we understand that we have victory, we have peace in these particular places. You have victory and peace in these particular situations. Amen. But you guys understand that, right? Mm-hmm. I see your face. Let me, let me say it this way. The area, how would I say it, Lord? He said, say it like this. The areas of darkness exist in each one of us because our goal is to show forth the wisdom and the power of God to those around us. So he's going to allow that to come forth so that the wisdom and the power of God can go forward in us. But imagine the difference in Mary. Imagine the difference in Martha. But imagine the difference in everybody in there. 
They didn't cling to the dark side. They found freedom in him. And that's what God is literally saying. Stop clinging to the dark thing. Mm-hmm. Stop giving it power. Oh, God, my lights are going to be cut off. That's giving that dark thing power. There you go. I lack nothing. Yes. Say that again. Instead of, instead of saying that the Lord, you can say the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. In the study Bible that I have, it literally says, so we must learn that he often permits us to pass into profound darkness and deeper mysteries of pain in order that we may prove more perfectly his power. Get it? In order to prove the power of God resides in us and others can see that God is alive and real and he's working through us, we got to go through darkness, pain, and difficulty. Mm-hmm. So that means we're not exempt. We're not exempt, but we're not exempt, but we have the authority to move in the power of God that others may see the light of God in us. Mm-hmm. Lord says you have all that you need for this journey. So the baggage that we've been carrying, he's literally saying to you to release it. Like, if you can go back and fix these things, wouldn't you fix them? If you can go back and fix these things, will you fix them? Which is correct. We just need to recognize they're there and release them. I know I missed something, and, and but I'll just I, I want to back up to what moves on my heart. Um, so the Lord knows how long we are going to endure um, suffering, and if we don't breathe, how would I say? We have to die in order to progress. We have to surrender our old self. Mm-hmm. And we can't speak how I have a tendency to digress and say, well, you know, once upon a time, and I need to leave that where it is mm-hmm. and go from where I, where he had risen. The Lord, Lord literally says to me, to the Lord literally says to me to tell my son mm. for the things that he harbors in his heart that speaks of his past. They don't matter anymore, son. Amen. And then he just shows me you stepping over these things. Mm. 
and they're no longer having a hold on you. They're no longer in a position to basically cause you to feel like you're less of a person if you share the things in which you've been through. He said, he literally said that. He says, your past should be your victory. Amen. And the Holy Spirit just shows me somebody with a shovel. As I'm looking down, I see a person just shoveling and just covering all these things up as we're releasing them to him. I see him just really putting them to rest. So he has this shovel and he's just taking these things out of us because he's putting them to rest in us. And, the, and as he's putting them to rest in us, we are flowing in power. And, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying, and death of death, where's your sting? So the sting that these things that continue to run rapid in our life, they no longer have that sting against us. You know how somebody is constantly reminded that, oh, once a jailbird, you're going to always be that jail person. That's a speech. It's a constant reminder. It's a constant thing that somebody speaks over the person. So it stings them every time they hear it. And so he's saying, oh, death, oh, death, where's your sting? So there's no sting in that situation because it's dead. It no longer has power. Amen. The Lord shows me it being deflated. It would be like you take one of the beach balls and you take the air out of it. You deflate it. And the Lord says, I'm deflating these things against you that you have held against you. Jesus. Jesus. If you're vindicated by Jesus Christ, you're Jesus. Praise be God. I shall celebrate my freedom in you, Lord, and I thank you for your word. Anything else, Lord, before we close out? He literally says that you are mine, and I am constantly raising you into what I've called you to do. He said, patient, and then he shows me as he moves the ship forward. And so all of us is in the ship, and he's moving us forward, and he said, patient, as he moves us forward. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to you today. Praise be to God. Lord, I thank you for your word as it has delivered me. In Christ Jesus' name. And I know it has touched the heart of your people. And so we praise you with our whole heart. And we thank you for your word. And Lord, I ask that each one who has received and those who will listen to this word, 
are blessed by it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Have a good evening, you guys. See you on Sunday. Oh, you guys get to Let's stay away. Burn up a little bit longer while you're home. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> good night. <laughs> Bye. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.